Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Mark Selby, who is the nickel market commentator. He's also CEO of Canada Nickel Corp. Um, we catch up with him for our weekly catch up on the world of nickel, the macro story, net refined nickel imports high since August since, uh, 2019. What are the implications uh, for the marketplace? What does that tell us? We also discuss the big triangle of Indonesia, Philippines and Chinese demand. Two of those are pointing in the right direction, waiting on the other one to play catch up. Nickel sulfate production is rebounding again peaks since uh, spring last year. So it's going on in the marketplace. We talk about the implications for nickel juniors. Um, we also discuss some questions sent in by the Crux Investor Club members. Uh, talk about urban mining, what it means, what the implications are, who are the main players and what does Elon Musk think of them. Plus a big one, carbon tax. We try and work out what is going to be happening. There's a patchwork quilt uh, effect, says Mark. So enjoy the podcast. Mark, how are you doing, sir? Very good, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Ready for our 11th week in a row talking about the world of nickel. They said it couldn't be done, but it could be, and we've done it. There we are. And I am actually had the right price call this week. So yes. you say the same <laughs> there is thing that. long enough. You say the same thing long enough, you know, randomly you will be right one week. So uh, I know, I know hundreds, if not thousands of uranium uh, investors who would agree with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's true. So I mean, it, it has it has. So f- finally, you've got it right. So tell yeah. us what's happened. Yeah. So there was no tweets this week from Elon Musk or comments. So and there wasn't really any other momentum drivers going on in the market. Um, and again, after two, you know, basically in three or four weeks, moving up eight percent, you know, the price needed to consolidate here. As I said, we'd likely consolidate. So you know that we've seen the price come off. Uh, the good thing is, in terms of actually, you know, prior weeks here, I've been saying, you know, it's been momentum uh, primarily from different sources. But the good news is we're actually finally seeing some fundamental follow through. So obviously there were some stockpiles in, in, in uh, China of, of various materials What was that was delaying the response uh, to, uh, you know, that we've seen in other metals already. And so obviously they've worked through those inventories that were in-house. And you're now seeing, you know, prices, premium inventories all heading in the right direction. I think we talked last week about the, you know, the massive jump in 300 series stainless steel production, you know, and we're seeing jumps in, in, uh, you know, sulfate production, not, not quite to that extent yet, but it's all, it's now on a positive year over year note. And again, you know, with anything, it's nice to see sort of fundamental data, price data, premium data, and inventory data all heading in the right direction. And that's what we're seeing in China today. That's amazing. I, I mean, like you, yeah, I think you're right. It's it was all kind of momentum. I think Elon, the Elon Musk uh, comment got everything moving, got conversation happening, and get you know shone a little light on nickel. So it was you know had been so a little bit unloved, um, yeah. but we're back to fundamentals now, which is which is great. I think that's great. You've, you've got a better line of sight as to the reality of the situation. So I mean, talk talks talks about what is happening, um, you know, in places like, you know, what are you seeing in Philippines? What are you seeing in terms of stainless steel production? Have you got any numbers? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, the key thing, the driver, again, the different types of stainless steel production, 300 series is the one that uses uh, the bulk of the nickel. And so, you know, that's the one um, that year over year was growing, you know, 17%. And again, you know, it's been, a, you know, the thing I think most analysts are missing on the nickel market is, you know, the ability to put in, 
you know, high single digit seven, eight, nine, or even double digit um, demand growth uh, numbers, because um, those do happen, uh, particularly in a rebound period um, for nickel. And so off of the horrific first half of this year, you know, in China, you're now seeing sort of typical, you know, rebound numbers happening. So, uh, you know, I think the fact that it's now spread into, uh, into the battery segment. So again, you know, first half sales were very poor because, and the, the, the markers were very poor because you had a big spike in sales in the first half of 2019, anticipating uh, a reduction in subsidies that was coming mid-year. Um, we're now sort of over that hump. And so, you know, now you're going to see good year over year numbers in terms of EV sales, because last, the second half last year was a very weak um, com- comparator. Um, and then you're seeing the other sectors in terms of plating and other sorts, other areas in China starting to do pretty well. What we, we're going to need to see is, is you know, uh, first quarter was weak in China because of the shutdown there. Most of the Western economies shut down in the second quarter. So, you know, we'll need to see whether the rebound in China is, is helping to spill out into industrial production globally. And now we'll start to see whether you know, Q3 over Q2 numbers you know, start to move in the right direction. You know, unfortunately in the West, you know, the lead time for some of those numbers, you know, it takes a little longer than in China to, to, to pull those together. So, you know, it'll be another, you know, over the, over the coming month or two, we'll, we'll see, um, you know, we'll see what those numbers look like. So you, I mean, in China, uh, stainless steel prices up, what, 20%. And yeah. I guess we're going to see, you know, see, see what the next few months bring us. But do you think that, and we need to remind people: stainless steel is the is, is the big um, is the big you know market for nickel. Okay, Let's, yes, we we yep. got to remember that today. That is the case. Where it's going, obviously, with the EV uh, thematic in terms of the, the contribution of nickel in batteries, it's going to be significant. But but today we've got to focus on stainless steel. So, is there a kind of synthetic nature to the market? Are you worried that the Chinese government has created a sort of synthetic uh, economic environment just to say, look, we're back on our feet, we're getting going again, or do you think this this, this whole infrastructure play is for real and it is sustaining? You know, it is it is, it is for real. Um, it is boosting demand now. It is, again, the nice thing with infrastructure spend is it, it goes into, um, you know, tangible things. The, the, key, the tricky part is that um, you know, you're obviously pulling spending from the future to spend more now. Um, so, um, but again, the, the, what the Chinese government, you know, really wants to do is ensure there's continued job growth, continued economic growth. So, you know, the, the risk, the risk here is more of the upside than the downside, because they're going to continue to prime the pump to make sure that the economy is headed in the right direction and is very well entrenched, you know, in terms of heading in the right direction. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's real. Okay. So, so that's on the infrastructure side, because you're going to be able to see what they're building, you know, roads, houses, buildings, etc. But uh, you know, power lines. Um, with regards, to, we did talk a few weeks ago about the West is also going to have to react, okay, because the China is making the things which the West traditionally consumes at a vociferous rate. Um, yeah. Is are there any signs that that is or is not happening? Yeah, no, I think the numbers, it's still a little too early to, to, to see whether that's coming through yet. Um, I think it'll be another month or two. Um, you know, anecdotally, when you're hearing, I mean, that the, you know, a lot of the non-stainless sectors in, in, North, in the West, which is where most of the nickel in the West outside of China goes. And so, um, you know, those, those are, those are good. You know, as we talked before, aerospace, oil and gas aren't going to 
come back anytime soon. Um, but, um, you know, again, I think the sector that is encouraging in the West is, is the EV sector. You are seeing more and more countries provide, you know, subsidies um, and incentives for people to buy electric vehicle car, you know, electric vehicles now. Um, so, uh, and again, I don't expect that to slow down. You know, that's one of the levers that Western governments have to, you know, to try and, and stimulate their economies because cars are big ticket purchases, right? So if you want to get your economic numbers moving in the right direction, it's those big ticket purchases that you want to try um, and, you know, instant to happen. But the, there's a couple of points here, again, because I, I think it's too early to tell how people are going to react. Because if I look at, you know, targeted um, um, uh, unemployment rates, you know, here yeah. there in the UK and possibly... Uh, certain countries around Europe where the governments have stepped in and they've done these kind of furlough type schemes. Uh, I think Europe has been quite good at it. North America, a little bit less so in terms of the money's offered. So, but that comes away, it falls away in October. Yeah. Purchasing behavior at that point will be interesting because over here, at least, it's forecast that jobs will see a, well, Unemployment see a huge increase at that point, okay? And that's going to affect people's buying behavior. So yeah. it's one thing to say, I don't think that the governments or, or automotive manufacturers will stop incentivizing consumers. It's, the, it's another to go, um, I know how people will behave at that point, you know, and, you know, say October, before the end of this year, in terms of car purchases. Again, if you've got any data which says, you know, the EV um, uh, purchases are on the up. I think in some of the key markets where they've already been established, now we are seeing pretty strong growth in a number of those markets. I uh, will get some more exact numbers for you uh, next week. But I think you know the, the that is a massive risk. I mean, in Canada, we have the same same thing. We're we're moving from a fairly generous you know monthly stipend that was in place as an emergency bridge, and, and the government's assured everybody we're going to transition from this to our regular uh, unemployment insurance programs. And there won't be any disruption at all, which you know is is will not be the case. Um, so um, yeah, no, we'll, we're, that we'll have to see that plays out because yeah, there's a segment of the market that's got you know far less money than they did before, and that's a segment of the market that spent everything they earned, um, you know, because that was in you know that was necessary. So again, I think there if the if that you know if that you know part of the economy that that those those people really do stumble. I think the government's, you know, going to have to, um, you know, prime the pump at that end of the market again. I mean, I think, you know, the lesson of Japan, the lesson, you know, in, in, in you know, that governments have realized it's, it's you know, you, you need to print money, you know, to help, um, you know, get the economy moving, because if it starts on a downward spiral, it, it can you know, go to a very bad place. So, um, you know, again, I think they will err on err on the uh, err on the upside there again for the gold bugs. You know, that'll be you know that's you know they've always said that was going to happen. They knew the virus was coming, so they knew there was going to be lots of money printed. Um, so um, you know it, that that I think they'll find a way to do it. It might take another one or two quarters if if need be, but you know I I, I think the they they will err on 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 get, getting getting the global economy growing uh, as as soon as possible. Okay, well, let's, that is a kind of wait and see over the next few months as to how the world reacts, how the economies react, and, you know, abenomics, you know, may or may not work. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the big triangle between yeah. Philippines, Indonesia, China, on demand. What's the picture you're seeing? 
Yeah. So right now we're, we're sort of got two of the three legs. And again, for people who are just, you know, hearing this the first time, you know, this is really in terms of, you know, where both the intermediate sort of medium term and, and longer term market, that's the critical uh, piece here. That's going to determine where, where nickel prices are really headed. So, you know, you know, how strong and, and continued uh, rebound in Chinese demand are we going to see um, to suck in a pile of nickel um, that's going to be consumed? Um, and then the supply trade-off is going to be, um, you know, Chinese nickel pig iron production relies on ore from the Philippines and a couple of other countries. Um, and then there's a bunch of Indonesian nickel, nickel pig iron production that's coming down um, the development path, you know, over the next uh, 12 to 18 months. It's so that's going to offset any reduction in Chinese NPI growth. So, um, you know, where, where those three turn out is really going to determine where, where nickel prices are going. And so, so right now, um, you know, what, what's encouraging is that one, um, you know, we, we're seeing Philippines ore prices continuing to move higher. They're at a two year high, uh, inventories of ore in China are remaining flat. Again, people, um, you know, heard before it's, it's critical right now that those inventories go up because Philippines uh, has a, a pretty pronounced rainy season in the areas where they do some nickel mining in the October to February period. So, you know, their capacity to actually deliver ore to China will drop off substantially. And, and again, you know, you, you can't flip a switch in some of the other jurisdictions to make that happen uh, to step in. So, um, so we're not seeing any, any increase in re real increase in inventories and, and literally, you know, you're down to having about two months left before, um, those rains um, really do kick in. So Philippines ore is a, is a big plus sign um, in terms of um, uh, in terms of Chinese demand. You know, as we talked about, you know, those kind of numbers are definitely in the big plus level. We'll just have to see whether they're able to stay, you know, sustain them or do they roll over a little bit here. But but again, from what we're seeing, um, you know, it looks like they should be a sustained. So I think we've got a big plus in that category. And then the Indonesian NPI, you know, there is a bunch of capacity that's coming in to, into play over the fourth quarter and in the first quarter next year. Uh, I think it's intriguing that um, you're, you know, you saw a lot of, you know, refined nickel imports into China went up. And again, that's the last material that stainless steel makers want to use. So, again, they, they can't be too um, uh, oversupplied at all right now in terms of with Indonesian NPI. You know, if you're seeing NPI prices go up. Um, and ore prices in, from the Philippines also going up. Um, so, you know, I think they, the, the Indonesian NPI hasn't been able to keep pace yet. We'll have to see what happens in the fourth quarter. But right now, of those three, the three, two are heading in the right direction and, and, and one is still a question mark this time. Okay, well, let, let's talk about what the implications are there for investors in nickel. Uh, I also want to yep. talk to you about uh, carbon taxes and urban mining, but we're gonna go and do okay. that in the Crux Club section here. So I just wanna say thanks very much for everyone who's been watching this. Uh, we are gonna get into the bits which affect uh, your decision-making when investing in nickel as a commodity and the sorts of companies that you may be, may be looking at. So we're gonna to talk to Mark a little bit about uh, it's quite an interesting topic around uh, carbon taxes and implications of that, what it could mean for miners. Uh, we're also going to uh, look at the world of urban mining, what it means, uh, what the impacts will be and why it's necessary. So uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. 
We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.